Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Aras Andia, and you are watching This Week in uh, Pop Culture. Um, I'd like to introduce you to my team that always joins me on these crazy, crazy occasions. If you're looking for a hookup, and that does not include an Xbox or a PlayStation 5, sorry, that is out. With me always is my co-host, Michael Burgi. What up, Hash? How you doing, buddy? I mean... We know for a fact that don't ask nope. about those Xbox and PlayStation 5s. If you got one, that's great. If you didn't, amazing. Is it like the military used to say, don't ask, don't tell? It's kind of like it is. Don't ask. Kind of like this. <laughs> you can catch this lovely lady on Wednesdays uh, doing her art show, the amazing Sammy Castillo, live from Castillo Studios. Hey, Hello, everyone. Uh, you can catch this lovely lady hosting... Uh, your favorite comic book artists and fans out there in the world. With me always from Bitman Apple TV, Ms. Leslie Fry. Hello, hello. And how do we how do we get the next guy in? I mean, look, he's he's mayhem, he's charismatic, he uh he's Michael Mayhem, baby. Black Buster <laughs> Night is going down. Ready, Black Buster is going down. No, oh my God! Make it a blockbuster night. <laughs> hey guys, we're making tonight as always. If you're not watching football, if you're not watching wrestling, you're watching us here at this week of pop culture. Thank you all for taking the time to watch us on this amazing uh, Sunday evening, which we have a lot to talk about, guys. Whoa, you, Mayhem? What's what's going on there? You right there? I'm setting the mood. You're setting. Are you are you putting candles? Are you, are you setting my halo light? Your halo light. Oh, it's because. Do you halo, sir? Are you yeah, ready for the new halo game? Perfect skin. Michael Bergie behind the mat. I've been throwing a lot of shade, and I need to enlighten the world of my aura of pettiness. Let us continue. Let us continue. Well, as we all know, uh, Chuck E. Cheese apparently wants to have a live-action movie or animated series. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese was in the news this week with CEO David. Uh, McKilmick, Kilbick, Kilpick, uh, sorry for mispronouncing your name, has big plans before filing for bankruptcy. Uh, having the image of uh, Charles Entertainment uh, Cheese on television screen and with a bit of movie would be a lot of screen time uh, set off to uh, for their budget. Uh, having the remains the uh, inactive order of large uh, parts of the country this spring. However, it sounds like the plan is still in the early stages of development to set up a live action or animated series. Ideally, we'd love to uh, see Chuck E. Cheese in an animated and potential one day a movie uh, feature as explained by the CEO. Or is it just me? Or did we not see a early Chuck E. Cheese cartoon series back in our early, early 80, uh, late 80s, early 90s? Uh, to be honest, what kind of a what kind of crazy adventure could the the large human-sized rat get into during these times? Uh, since you guys all seem to have a Chuck E. Cheese experience, which I never had ever, uh, Sammy, let's start with you. Could you see a um, a Chuck E. Cheese adventure or a live-action movie? Um. I think uh, it would be good to make themselves relevant again to another, to a newer generation. Cause mm -hmm. Chuck E. Cheese was, you know, he was the, the 1990s, you know, 
he had the neon, the neon green hat, and he did the skateboard, which was neon green and bright yellow and purple. So he really wasn't, he was definitely geared to the 90s kids. And, um, you know, they've really just kind of fell to the wayside. So, you know, um, I think it's a smart way to make them, make him more relevant. Now, I have no idea what his backstory is and what sort of adventures, because I don't even think he has real friends. Um, the last time I was in a Chuck E. Cheese, I think I was six years old. So uh, it's a smart move, but they should have done this like a decade ago. So, you know, they had something to lean back on and continue to market. I feel like it's a it's a desperate maneuver too little too late. Mm. Mayhem. Your thoughts on the Chuck E. Cheese, on your experience? Meditate with me, if you will. <laughs> right? I, I, I thought for a second I was watching an Asian movie because you were speaking and then words weren't coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Understand, in a world where Chuck E. Cheese has beat Discovery Zone, he can make a comeback, okay? He can do it. You guys are looking at the wrong picture. We Plenty of story writers to write a great story. He can make these friends. And you know what? If the mouse can have a theme park at a slew of movies, the mouse himself, not who he acquired, why right. can't Chuck E. Cheese do it as well? Okay? Also, I know this was a part of the, the talk, but Michael Berg, this was for you, okay? Remember, Blockbuster Night, you are blue. <laughs> and now we're back to orange, Netflix. That's what I'm talking about. Take that, take that, take that, take that. <laughs> I can't. You're killing me. Le Leslie, your thoughts on the Chuck E. Cheese live action, uh, whatever series that the CEO of Chuck E. Cheese thinks will work for them before calling it calling it quits. Um, I hope that whatever they come up with, that it'll be something that's relevant today. It might be a little bit too rudimentary for kids today. You know, the kind of cartoons that kids are watching. Um, I incidentally only went there and took my brother, so I'm actually... I'm a fan of Chuck E. Cheese in the sense that it was entertainment for my brothers and sisters when we were younger. I hope that they're able to revive that, um, revive the franchise. It would be really sad to see it fall to the wayside of COVID. But uh, whatever they come up with, I hope that it's relevant for today. I hope that it's something that adults will even want to see. Um, and you know, an added component to it. I don't know where they're getting the money to do it. That's kind of interesting since they're getting ready to file bankruptcy, but hey, um, I wish them luck. Uh, pretty much, Bergy, your thoughts on the whole, uh, on the cheese whiz, man. The I, I mean, with Chuck E. Cheese, you got to figure, it's been around for, what, like 43 years, I believe is what it is. It started in like 1977. Uh, I mean, every one of us has been to it. Sorry, Hash, you missed out on some really bad cardboard pizza. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know what I mean? It was always entertaining. If you ever went there for a birthday party, you had the animatronics. It was almost like you were down at Disney. And I know one of the Disney attractions there was, it was like a pizza parlor or something like a 50s diner. And they had like animatronics on the screen. So they say, did the same thing to it, but it, it has died out over the years because of so many more like options for entertainment and different types of birthday parties now with all different types of bounce houses and other things that have been up there like sky and zone the and, yeah i mean it's so much more stuff as far as i'm doing something with an animation or movie wise right now you got to figure if anybody knows fast uh five nights at freddy's 
I've always been joking for a few years now in the uh, video game scene that that's basically what Chuck E. Cheese like went out of business and became this movie, uh, this video game. So if they're going to go that route, they might do something if they did uh, like a quick app or something for your phone and that might get them relevant. But it's the same thing like Leslie said, where are they getting the money right now? Because I know they're hurting during COVID because you can't bring kids in to do birthday piece. And I know they started Uber Eats with uh, partnering with them to do pizza delivery. But when you have better pizza options out there, are you really ordering Chuck E. Cheese for pizza to be delivered to your house? I mean, you you said something about cardboard pizza. How many of you guys actually uh, were fans of the Chuck E. Cheese pizza? Would you actually order their pizza? It's like that. So to describe Chuck E. Cheese pizza, you know when you get that yellow square box of dollar pizza? I think it's a Tostino's pizza. And you throw it in the microwave. You don't even put it in the oven. You throw that that in the microwave for like a minute, and then it comes out. And it's sort of like a flat hot pocket. Yes. Where okay. it's boil, the cheese is boiling, but some are, yeah, the cheese is lava hot, but somehow the dough is still frozen. Yep. And so you eat this like mix of hot frozen lava pizza that <laughs> lava like pizza. the box they came out of. Um, that's right, the cheese is stuck stuck on the roof of the uh, yeah, of the box kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's not great. Um, yeah. I I did see um that they were offering with Uber Eats. It's like a party package. So mm-hmm. you, it's not just like yeah, you could call and pizza um but they were doing like a kid's party package where like you order a bunch of pizza and then they give you party supplies and game like some of the games and stuff like they used to do pin the tail on the donkey and that kind of stuff i don't know if they still do that but they were offering like a party uh package so that you could order it and it all gets delivered to your door and then you have a chuck e cheese pizza party at your house I, mean, I find it interesting that we're only talking about the pizza. There was <laughs> items on the menu. <laughs> That's the crazy part. There were other things, but nobody dared eat it. And well, pizza was like the worst. I mean, that's what? like going to a pizzeria and ordering the chicken fingers. And they're not great. And it's like, well, gee, I wonder why. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? You go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you, you know, you, you order, order the hamburger. Order the pizza. You're the right. hamburger, yeah. You order the hamburger at a wing place. I get it. All you guys, all you guys have these crazy Chuck E. Cheese experiences. I never had that Chuck E. Cheese experience as a kid. So it's interesting to see who would sit there and order the latest Chuck E. Cheese cheese or well, what? Go ahead. Well, we can't hear you. Leslie, Leslie your mic's off. I think that people will buy uh Chuck E. Cheese if they're having a party. It's just like it's easy. You know, if the franchise itself, the name brand itself is appealing to little kids. And if they're having like a bouncy party outside, they'll say, hey, we're ordering Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, the kids will get so excited. So I think that that would work mm-hmm. for uh, kids that are uh, young. Yeah. So not the young adults there and want that. Apparently, there's so, the Chuck E. Cheese is branching off to make adult appealing pizza as well where it's like a virtual order and then yeah. you go and pick it up. I can't remember what it's called, um, but they're supposed, but it's supposed to be completely like a subsidiary of Chuck E. Cheese where it's supposed to appeal to adults. Apparently it's, it's helping their franchise stay afloat during this time and they yeah. never filed for bankruptcy. 
So it's it's only time will tell to see where will Chuck E. Cheese stand, where it will happen, and you know maybe you guys can relive your childhoods and go to Chuck E. Cheese when they reopen after these COVID times. Just imagine um, what that ball pit's gonna smell like. Yeah, uh, let's avoid that. Moving on. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. You're you know what? That that deserves an applause, though. That was a great one. <laughs> All right. Early, early in the week, reports came around that Amazon was doubling down on the success of their TV series, The Boys, and were developing a spinoff. Uh, both the series creator and Sony Pictures Television took to Twitter to confirm the news. The new series will be written and... Uh, and a show run by the uh, uh, boys producer and writer Craig Rosenberg and is set at a Vought International College exclusively for young adults. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, Amazon and, and uh, Sony described the uh, series as, uh, as being part of a college show, part uh, hungover game, hangover game, sorry, <laughs> hangover games, but maintaining the uh, same heart uh, that the boys have to itself. The story will take place during the, uh, during the seven and the boys timeline. No word yet if there will be a crossover, but my thoughts, uh, what are your thoughts on the international school of soups? Uh, you know, sounds like an X-Men write-off already. Uh, same, let's start with you. Um, I'm really excited for it. I love the boys. I love the comic and I love the show taking, um, basically taking the source material from the comic and then, uh, you know, sort of just remaking it a little bit easier to digest um, uh, for television. But I'm really excited about it because there's so much material that they have not even used yet that's in the comics, like Teenage Kicks. Um, they can even throw in something like Herogasm which uh, for those that don't read the comics is basically um, the uh, there's an island that Vault owns where all the superheroes go and basically have a giant hedonist fest, to put it mildly. Um, so there's so many characters that they can work in um, and pull in. So I'm really excited about it. It's a great source material. Um, Kripke and Rosenberg are doing great with the material. Um, and I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be awesome. I, nice. I want to through other kids. Right. <laughs> uh, Mayhem, your thoughts on the support, on the up and coming, uh, spinoff somewhere down the line. First of all, hungover. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's it, the hangover movie. I mean, it was perfect because we had someone in chat literally put stale balls <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so here it is. We're getting these kids these teenage kids with superpowers and i just hope they keep the same formula for the boys and they mix that and it's going to be hilarity it's going to be so great because we now we get to see teenagers deal with like being insecure and what they do as a result of it you know their hormones you know jock fest all this other stuff hyper masculinity this will be dope because it'll, it'll, it'll show a light to it. So like maybe we could do better, but at the same time, let's laugh at this. Let's let's show what these kids would be doing. Like, could you imagine Wolverine as a teenager, you know, or somebody with Wolverine's power or Superman as a teenager, but not so I'm here to save the world. I'm such a Boy Scout kind of deal. Like, no, I'm gonna sneak a peek at these girls because I got X-ray vision, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that would be great. So I'm excited as well. Uh, Leslie, could you see the, uh, maybe a school of 
I don't know how how would you how would you make a DC version of a school? You know, because we've seen the Marvel version of the mutant class. You know how how would you do a a uh, how would you how would you do that? How would you run that school? The only way the boy that the producers know how to do it, and it's just keeping it as 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 successful as they've had they've been with the run of the boys. If they keep that content, this is going to be a, a great show. And I think this is kind of like their spinoff of Xavier University. So uh, I can only imagine what this is going to be like. Um, I feel like, you know, the world is their oyster right now. So there is no previous content for this particular school. Uh, we do have a reference to some teenage uh, heroes, but I mean, they can run the gamut with this university. And I'm, I'm interested to see if they kind of follow the same X-Men um, line where they have like a Svengali type of Magneto coming in and wooing some of the kids who are, you know, in between making a decision about being good or bad uh, or, you know, being heroes at that for that matter. What is going to happen with this? I, I mean, they could go anywhere with this content. And I'm still going to watch it, whatever it is. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for whatever whatever they're going to give me. I'm excited for it. Virgie. Oh, I'm down for it. on the whole thing. Yeah. I'm down for it right now, automatically. Just like everyone's saying. I feel like this is going to be like American Pie meets like Van Wilder meets like Porky's Revenge, but add all superheroes into it. We're good. We're, you know it's going to happen. Kripke is a great writer. Look at what he's done with Supernatural for 15 years and getting that show off the head and what it's done. The storylines he's written into that between the families and the jokes between everything and Sam and Dean. Now you give him this type of universe and we're going to see more of it now. I love the idea of some of the superheroes. What type of powers are we going to see? What are they going to do? Is it going to be like X-Men style classrooms? I think we will see some X-Men, but I also think we're going to see similar to like what you were saying earlier, Hash, where it's going to be like a Magneto style person that's going to come in and try to steal and maybe make like a spinoff, almost like the mutant hood, you know, the brotherhood of mutants or something. Who knows what they're going to do with that? I would like to see what crossover characters they might bring into it. Will they bring in, you know, uh, Homefront? Will they bring in, you know, uh, you know, A-Train or the Deep or any of these other people? And how? who are the teachers? What powers do they have? Are they former seven Vought members? What are they? Like, this is going to be interesting. I can't wait for it. We, we need more stuff like this. Yeah. Could could you see like uh what was it like a Jean Grain, a Cyclops character and Superman and Lois and Lois Lane, Wonder Woman like finally happening, even though we do see it, but like um with Homelander and uh the other character, but can you see more of like the backstories now? Now we can get more of a mini backstory of how they get their powers, how they develop it, and who's the new kid coming up, or will they be part of the seven? You know, Same it's with- gonna be it, you know what it's going to be like, which I really desperately hope it is because I love this movie. It's going to be a rated R sky high. That's exactly yes. what it's yes. going to be. Yeah. Um, because you've got like, you know, you're going to you're going to have that dichotomy of the superheroes that have all these super awesome powers. And then you're going to have the kids with the crappy powers uh, like Gecko. <laughs> oh, I can get cut and my arm magically grows back. So you like almost the sidekick level type of character. So I'm I'm really interested in seeing how the powers work into the social classes as well. Mm. Gecko but was I, a great power, you know. Like, come on, like how many I mean, of us have hurt ourselves and wanted to re- like good is new? Yeah. Listen, I'm of age and I wish my knees were still the same. 
I'm just saying. I wish my knees were still the same. But I mean, oh, yeah. it's all genetic mutation because of the serum. So it's it's a crapshoot, you know, on what you're going to get when you're a kid. It's whatever developed. So yeah. just imagine, like, I can glow, but you can't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to add on to that and say, like, with that, I, I'm really looking forward to the fact that I want to see some misfires as well. So I was playing this game called The Last of Us Part Two, and if Ellie goes around, she collects these comic book cards of, you know, comic book uh, heroes and neutral villains or whatever. Not all powers go with your anatomy. This guy was, was uh, electrical, and it kept short-circuiting his brain. So I want to see stuff like that kind of thrown in. It may not be the focus, but I want that to be addressed too. Because sometimes when you get powers, if you're born with powers, generally it goes with your anatomy. But sometimes if you acquire powers or if your power is too big from jump, it may mess with you. And if it messes with you, let's let's dive into that hole a little bit and well, show us how that influences so, villains and, and the heroes. So it seems like, yeah. They showed that in the latest Boys episode with the dude that spit fire. He threw up the, he threw up acid. So it got yeah. on it and it ate away his face. So right. they, you know, they are showing that aspect. So it'd be really neat to see, you know, how, how that works. And on that. Hey, whatever it is, I hope I can audition for it. That's all. <laughs> start start now. Too. If you know, if you know someone that works uh, at Amazon, go, I mean, go to Amazon right now and put your name on that ballot of uh, right? being a superhero, more like a teacher, you know? Yeah, or are exactly. you or hey, are you I'm, the sidekick? I'm, I'm already in the Marvel universe, y'all. So hey, hey. I'm and on the Marvel wiki. You speaking, can work for Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no problem. <laughs> speaking uh, speaking of Marvel, Marvel is still interested in Keanu Reeves. Moon Knight. Uh, Kevin Feige and company are looking at Keanu Reeves as someone who could lead the franchise. With Marvel currently sticking to a specific age range, who knows if the uh, 56-year-old actor will be cast as Moon Knight? That said, the actor is someone Marvel Studios has been in constant contact with, and setting him as Moon Knight could end up being one of the uh, one of the House of Ideas' biggest cast to date. But currently, due to the pandemic and Reeves's current filming, Matrix First, uh, Matrix Four is currently being filmed, while Reeves also has John Wick Four and Five right after that. With his crazy schedule, who knows when Marvel will be getting him for Moon Knight? Mayhem's already shaking his head. You think that they're gonna have Moon Knight or they're gonna recast and get someone else? I think if the money's right, they'll get him. For sure. I hope they don't. First of all, he's busy. He's busy. He's busy with John Wayne. Super busy. Project. So I feel like the dedication we need for Moon Knight so that people can be gravitated toward Moon Knight and whatever comes afterwards, we need somebody who can like really dive and delve themselves into this character. Now, I'm not saying Keanu Reeves cannot act at all. I just don't see Moon Knight and him fully being compatible. I can't unless they change certain things. Now, I remember him and John Constantine. I love that movie. I loved it. But I can't see him, him playing multiple personalities fear like schizophrenia like i can't see him going that deep just yet now he could blow me away a year later i could be here and be like you know what guys i'm eating the shirt that i made fun of bergie with okay <laughs> okay like, I, like i'll be here but <laughs> it's still not a bug tonight but i don't see it and you know what i'd rather they give it to somebody else who's an upstart and can like really dive into it and make us fall in love kind of like how we did with you know tony stark you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody know who Iron Man is, right? Tony Stark, Iron Man is, oh, this guy. I know who this guy is. Like, let's do that for somebody else. I don't think Keanu Reeves is the right choice now. 
All right. Pass. Sammy, you think Marvel's going to pursue Keanu Reeves as Moon Knight or they'll pass and probably get someone else? Um, They literally, every time they have a new film about to, uh, to cast, they literally talk to him. They they want him in one of their movies. They don't care if he's the dude sweeping up trash. They want him attached. They want his name attached to the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, because they've you know, and they're probably the more I'm not going to say desperate, but they're pressing hard more because they've lost um, two of their major heroes already, um, Iron Man and Captain America. So they don't have those names consistently attached to them. Um, I don't, depending on where they, where Moon Knight falls into their um, phases um, depends on, I think, if they get it. But the thing with Keanu Reeves is he's got a lot of balls in the air, you know, and he's got a lot of projects that are consistently making films. And Disney likes to hire their people and say, nope, this is you, you were doing 10 films, like or eight films. You have to be in five of them. Um, and Disney's contracts are, you know, decade long contracts. Mm-hmm. And he is, I think, maybe too smart to sign up for something like that. Um, could I see him playing Moon Knight in general? Yeah, he's a good actor. What, do I want to see him as a superhero? Absolutely. But I, I think he would be better um, fit as like a, like a villain or another character in the universe as opposed to being a main because I just don't I just don't foresee him with all of the franchises that he has I just don't foresee him locking himself into a Disney contract because their contracts are really crazy where he can't do certain things so if he signs to do Disney while he's under contract he can't do another Constantine film or anything like that um, so it'll be interesting if he does get attached but with everything going on, I really don't foresee him saying yes to Moon Knight. All right. Leslie, since you seem to love Keanu Reeves and all his DC aspects and stuff, do you see do you see uh, DC jumping the gun with all the Moon Knight talks and quickly writing a Constantine script just to keep him around? You know, I think what is interesting here is, and what is so dope, is this dude is on their speed dial every time right. they do something. This is like... Who, who, who had, who does that? I want to be Keanu Reeves. I mean, you know, to he said, yeah, let me think about it if I want to be in a Marvel movie or not. Hmm. And as far as his contract, Sammy, they'll give this dude whatever contract he wants. They might sign him to two films, three films or whatever. But I mean, the fact that he's, you know, they, they call him and, and consult and consult with him about every character that they're about to come out with. That is dope. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think they'll get this dude whatever they want, whatever he wants. Keanu has made a name for himself. Everybody wants him, especially when it comes to action. You know that he's physically fit. You know that he'll do the role. Now, I don't know if he could be Moon Knight. I don't know if he could go that deep. Um, this character is very fractured. I mean, he's a taxi driver. Uh He's Jake Lockley. He's the Stephen Grant. He's all these characters with this DID. I cannot see Keanu going that deep. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to agree with you on that. It's going to take somebody who is likable uh, as far as an actor, whoever they decide to get to play this role, um, who can actually go that, that, that deep into the mindset of this character. Um, 
However, in hindsight, if they sign him to it and if he agrees to do it, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to hope that the, uh, you know, the storyline is going to be good. So it's going to drive the character. You know, it's going to drive the, 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 the whole movie. So we as fans probably won't be that, you know, turned off by the fact that if he doesn't go that deep into the role. Um, but I'll, I'll go see it. I think this is a great character for them to be deciding. I mean, he's uh, Night, Moon Knight is like number 49 of the 50 Avengers, I think, of, mm-hmm. out of all 50 best Avengers. He's a deep character. He's had a lot of things happen to him. So it's the story like it goes so many places. Whoever they get to, to get to play this role, um, I, I don't care who it is. It's going to be a good movie. And as far as him possibly doing another Constantine, he may do one more Constantine. I mean, I loved him in Constantine. I absolutely loved him in that. Um, I think that even the show that it was a spinoff of Constantine was actually good because that's also a very complex character that you want to see more of and the whole demon factor and the, you know, the the Nephilim and the angels and the devil, uh, all of that aspect of it is the kind of stuff that people are really interested in seeing. So he may do one more, but I doubt that he'll do any more past the uh, two Constantines. He'll move on. The guy is a busy guy. Uh, the world is at his fingertips, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're going to buy tickets to see him, whatever <laughs> he's in. Bergie, we've, we've read the rumors and hold held. Uh, I mean, uh, we've read all the rumors, heard everything that he was originally, he wanted to play Wolverine mm-hmm. with that coming into fruition. Is Moon Knight still the best choice for Keanu Reeves or we're just, you know, I mean, if we're going to go with Keanu Reeves and and I know everyone keeps saying, like, we're talking about Moon Knight being like a movie. I thought this was going to be a Disney plus TV show. So if that was supposed to be a TV show, at least minimum eight to 10 episodes, that's going to take up longer filming than if he was doing uh, movies, because now he is still filming the Matrix four, which I'm super excited for. I cannot wait. Uh, then you've got John Wick 4 and then John Wick 5. And then if you throw in Constantine in there, I, I mean, this dude is stretched out. And I love the fact that, as Leslie pointed out, he's on Marvel speed dial. Like, the mouse calls this man. Like, how hard is, like, how bad is your life when that's a case? Hey, we're going to make a new movie. What do you think? Do you think you're interested in it? And it, it, that's phenomenal that this man has that type of capability. I I did remember hearing the rumors that he wanted to play Wolverine. I don't think he would have been a right fit for Wolverine. Uh, honestly, if he was going to do something and they did put him into this uh, franchise, like into the House of Mouse and with Disney and everything, I'd like to see him in X-Men. And I think he would make a pretty kick-ass uh, Forge. Uh, I thought he would be a really cool one for that uh, because of the way the character looks and everything. And I think his character kind of fits that. I like Moon Knight and I've always been excited for the character. I don't know if I see Keanu Reeves doing it because of so much as being in his life right now and being filmed and stuff. He has a lot on his plate and I don't know if he's the type of person that's going to want to dedicate the time and effort to bring that character to life where it's going to be the best character that he's done. Will he do it? Maybe if they throw enough money on him and they delay it, but they want to get this moving on it. This has been rumored for what, three, four years now for Moon Knight. So I don't know. Let's see. Well, actually, you said a very, very valid point. If they redo the X-Men series, I actually wouldn't mind seeing him as Forge. I mean, look, Forge is the older, wiser character. Keanu Reeves yep. is of that, sad to say it, in that age bracket, you know, where he could play a much older character. And 
you know, with a shorter shelf life, we'll say. But, but also think about it, and as Forge's character, like he's a master of weapons. He makes stuff for, you know, those type of characters. Like look at his his roles that he's played in all his movies. He's an action, you know, guy. This would be a perfect role for him. Plus, he's now in Cyberpunk, the video game that's going to be coming out later this year. Yeah. Uh, that's going to probably going to get a sequel greenlit. So who knows what his character is in that? Now he's going to be doing that. So what else is he doing that we don't even know about? No one knew that he was going to be in Cyberpunk until it dropped at E3. So I'd love to see what else this man has on the docket. Like, is he voice acting something for a cartoon or uh, a TV show or something? Who knows? Well, we just saw him in Toy Story, but who knows? Mayhem, you got comments. If we're going to see Keanu play a Marvel character, let's bring him in as Adam Warlock. Let's bring him in as Adam Warlock. We already have the egg. We already, let's have him. He's already playing the Jesus character in Matrix, right? I, I'm not really excited for Matrix 4. I'm sorry. But, like, if he's going to play the Jesus character, bring him over as Adam Warlock. He's got but, this. That I can he, see him do. Or his... Oh no! Here's my here's my question: Wouldn't Warlock be a little too young for his character? Because I thought they were trying to go for early thirty style of that character. I'm sure he can shave and he can look young. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> and Marvel can explain Adam Warlock's aging. Yeah, oh, remember he's constantly reborn. So finally, let's, let's have that Easter egg literally open. Bring Adam Warlock and Phase Five, Seven, whatever we need to do. Boom! Adam Warlock, Keanu Reeves. Oh. Look, the with guy. current with current technology, granted, we did see a bad version of Patrick Stewart in the X-Men movie where they de-aged him in the current Pardar, uh, Picard uh, series. They won for best special effects and makeup when it came to Picard. So who knows with currently with uh, all the makeup that we are that we're all now getting used to and all the CGI. Yeah, we can make a DH Keanu Reeves uh, just for those characters. As long as they didn't do what Gemini Man did. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gemini, Gemini was bad. I think if anybody, McConaughey should be Adam Warlock. Oh jeez. I like oh, McConaughey. Too low. No. 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 I, no. I love McConaughey. No. I, I just want no. to go with that one. No. 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 Uh, well, you I know, when they were, don't forget, Keanu Reeves been on Speed Dial since the beginning because when they were casting um, Doctor Strange, he was rumored to be. Doctor Strange, just like just the same way they're saying he's, you know, they want him for Moon Knight. So like part of me wonders, are they just using the name? Like they have no intention of getting him for that, but just using his name to spark interest. Because that's what they did with um, Doctor Strange. They said, oh, no, we're going to get Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves. And then like a week and a half later, it's like, oh, not just kidding. Cumberbatch is doing it, you know? So. Did we lose her? Oh no! Okay, Sammy, you had some technical difficulties. We uh, we kind of lost the last uh, the last segment that what you just said. Can you oh, repeat that? Yeah, I said you know um, I wonder if they're just using it to keep his name attached to Marvel um, because when um, when yes I know they are um, when I was um, when they were. Um, about to announce the uh, Doctor Strange, they were saying Keanu Reeves, 100% Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves. And then uh, all of a sudden, like a week later, it was, you know, Cumberbatch. And they're like, no, just kidding. It's 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 Benedict. So I'm wondering if they're, they're doing that with Moon Knight just so that um, they can keep his name attached and then they're going to have somebody else. They already have somebody else in line for it, you know? 
I think that they, I think they generally do want him to play uh, a role as a superhero in the Marvel universe. And I really do think that they are optioning him out for each character. Uh, you know, let's face it. Cumberbatch was the better choice for, mm-hmm. for uh, Dr. Strange um, and anybody else. And, and Hugh Jackman was better for, for Wolverine. So I think they're just keeping him there, but this, to, just to think that you're the circle of actors that they're considering for every role that they have that, uh, that they're optioning out to do a movie on, you know? So normally in a, in a scenario like this, when you're an actor and you go in and you audition and they have a group of people, like they say, okay, we're going to consider 10 actors to play this role. He's so you're saying Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister, so we're gonna go with Keanu Reeves. We're going with half the villain roster in the Marvel Universe, Keanu Reeves. Uh, we're having with all the uh, Hero Squad, uh, Keanu Reeves. Like, you know how, how many roles can this man do? I I'm mean, telling you, do you know how amazing that is that he's considered for every role when there's like all these other actors out there that come in and audition, but he's gonna be that one actor that's gonna come in all the time to audition no matter what? That's uh, crazy. Ma- if anything, make him multiple man and make him or make him uh, morph at this rate. Cause he if he's a wisecracking multiple actor, both of you guys both made faces. I mean, there's so many roles that Marvel can pick him for, and it doesn't matter if he fits the genre or not, he could just fit in and mold into any person. Mayhem made a face. Go ahead, ma'am. Theory number one. What if they purposely have a deal with Keanu Reeves so that they can use his name to draw attention? He gets paid for it. And you know right. what, Matthew McConaughey, if you want to use him as a Marvel character, use him <laughs> for the century. Less yes. talking, I'll more emotional that. profile. And you know, he's already got the low thing going already. And yep. maybe Wonder Man, but I don't think anybody's really interested mm. in Wonder Man like that. Mm. Go back to the century. Go back to the century. I think the century would be better. And I think honestly, we uh, like. I know I agree with you. I, I now you, I think about the century. I think that would actually be a good character for McConaughey to be in it. Um, but to go back to what Sammy was saying, how they keep attaching Keanu Reeves' name to everything, is this a way for them to get money and backers, and you know, to to get financing through some other companies? So a lot of people love Keanu Reeves because he has that general appeal with all audiences. So bringing him in or his name attached to something might bring you more people in that's going to bring in better focus groups or, you know, financing or better directors or writers to the overall story. So maybe that's the reason, but I do like what you were saying about Sentry with uh, McConaughey. I just, I love the dude. I, I love him and everything he does. So I hope he, he comes into it somewhere. I think he'd be a great character. <laughs> well, speaking of financial backings and shows ending or shows starting, uh, Walking Dead story will continue, but in the Daryl, uh, uh, the Daryl and Carol spinoff. Uh, worried about how the series will end? Guess again. Uh, the Daryl and Carol uh, will continue after season eleven with the surviving group hitting the road and heading west. Wait, didn't Fear of the Walking Dead start there? West Coast series. Well, apparently Daryl and Carol are already the only two remaining characters who appear in the uh, main shows uh, first season. Uh, the Rick Grimes and uh, Morgan are still alive, but they're alive somewhere within the years, but both are now situated elsewhere in the Walking Dead universe. Uh, this series uh, is due out in in sometime in the fall of 2023. But what do you guys think? Is this going backwards now, now with the Fear of Walking Dead kind of? Story. I mean, look, we watched the Fear of Walking Dead. 
make it to Atlanta. Now they're taking that and going backwards. Leslie, let's start with you. Listen, I'm a huge fan of this franchise. And I really do think that they have an aversion about coming to the East Coast. I'm thinking this is more of a production issue and that they're actually writing it so that they could be based in LA or something like that. Where, um, But honestly, I, if they go West, and I don't know what the heck is in the West. Why not go to the East? I think that would be a better storyline. There is so much going on here. And I, they completely write that out of that franchise. What in the heck? Give some of the actors work here who would love to be in that franchise, like me. I mean, <laughs> come on now. I mean, honestly, what is in the West that they are looking for? We already know it was a bad decision to go West. Look at Fear of the Walking Dead. It didn't work. It doesn't have the same eerie vibe. It doesn't have the same feel. I don't understand what these people are thinking. There is no gold out there. No, <laughs> I mean, gold I mean, is look, gone. Look, gold rush is gone. Yes, we've we've seen movies die in space. Is this the version where they go into the wild west? I mean, how do they survive the desert? I mean, we all know there's no zombies in the desert, but how are they surviving in the desert for? How do they survive the George Washington Bridge? This, I mean, they can still they could they could survive that. What this is? Let me just say this. I think that they're writing it. Because, they're writing it going west because they're afraid because there are more people here in the East Coast especially in particular the east um, in New York City, they're going to have more zombies to deal with. So mm -hmm. I think that they're really afraid to write that storyline. I have not, I'm so done right now. I know the story, I know the show is going to be a success with Daryl and Carol. They are beloved characters. People really love them. People want, uh, you know, people root for that relationship and that camaraderie between the two of them. But come on guys, really? Bring it to the East Coast. Bring it to the East Coast. Bring it to Florida. Bring it to Washington, D.C. It would be dope to see zombies in Washington, D.C. It would be dope to see a, a zombie president. Come on now. <laughs> zombie president? I mean, look, that's going a little too far. I mean, look. You have see one. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> right. CIA agents. So you okay, so you want to see other major cities to be destroyed during the pandemic. We've seen Atlanta completely destroyed. We've seen other cities completely destroyed. I mean, look, they haven't left Georgia for God knows when. But we've seen Georgia get completely destroyed, even to the point where people are afraid to travel to into Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um Mayhem, do you do you see do you see a purpose of going to the West Coast or are you just happy about the Daryl and Carol storyline? I see the purpose. You know, I've been an actor for the last 42 minutes. And <laughs> as I've learned <laughs> in my career, sometimes you have to trust in the process. Yes, they failed before, but they've had so many seasons to learn from. They're going to go back and correct it. And I really think there are certain things they want to try out new that we're going to see in this coming spinoffs. Now, will they make it to the East Coast? I think they're going to leave that for last. Right now, they need to conquer the big bad West. And they need to show us like other spinoffs that can happen because I believe they're actually being smart about this. They're not rushing out all these projects. They're taking it slowly. They're taking us through a journey. I see a lot of people in the comments saying it's been going on too long. I hear you. I hear you. But just like grass, sometimes you got to cut things down. You know what I'm saying? You got to cut things down, shape it up, and go right back into it again. Trust me. Trust in the process. Also, follow my IMDb, uh, Mayhem Mike. You know? <laughs> 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 he's been active for 22 minutes. <laughs> he's, he's 42 Sorry, minutes. 43, 43 minutes. Hash, are you repping him? 
<laughs> yes, yes. He's available. He as of, as of today, any convention wants to have Mr. Mayhem come and contact us. Let us know what you think. Uh, he will be available for any convention, store signings, and conventions. I mean, look, I'll take him with me to New Jersey the following week just for no a union. convention signing. <laughs> what you? There's no union in this. There's you know an actors' mean? union guild. Okay. Anyway, uh, five thousand dollars, dude. Hey, yeah, yep. that's a five, five, five G uh, to pitch in. I don't think you want to spend that much buy-in. money. I didn't sleep on my couch to get here to not pay the five thousand. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, Bergie, is this? I mean, I mean, watch it. You're you're long. You know, you, I'm a long time know- fan of the show. I've have watched it. I, I've kind of the last couple of seasons I've caught here and there. I haven't really been fully, you know, diverse in it like you know Leslie has. I don't know about them going West Coast anymore. I mean, it is like everyone's saying. It is like a – I mean, what's out there? More land, more, you know, stuff like that. I could get why they're probably going out West because it's going to be more open land, not as many metropolitan cities where there could be millions and millions of people sitting on a block like in New York. You know, Times Square has probably got, like, what, 3 million people in it. So I get it, the, the zombies aspect of it. But you keep going out West, it's eventually it's just going to be a dead, you know, story. You got to come out back east. You know, I mean, look up north, go up to northeast, uh, New England area. You could do something like that with the snow and build that into the storyline. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff. And I know Carol and Daryl with their their story and how intricate they are. Like, we've always had thoughts that are they together? They're not together. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that storyline. It might actually make me want to care more about The Walking Dead than I have in the past. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, Sammy, could you see the Walking Dead cast making their way to Florida? I mean, look, th- <laughs> this Jew who who only read the books, who, who know the comic is already done and over with. There's no reference. There's no source reference in the series at all. Too. I mean, look, we're we're in a zombie apocalypse state. So, what what state do you want, Carol? Let's say this. What state do you want Carol and Daryl to travel to? If if you wanted them to continue a storyline, where could you see these two characters? Yeah, Mayhem, we'll get to you after this. But where could you see two characters who have survived a zombie apocalypse? And what do you think they will encounter? Where they retire to? Where <laughs> they retire to? In Colorado? They retire to Florida. Honestly, I am not like it is no secret. I effing hate The Walking Dead. Um, and, um, you know, right now I feel like they're beating a dead horse and they're like they're they're beating it in the middle of the desert and hoping it gets up to gallop again with, you know, this new spinoff. That's not really going to be a spinoff because from what I've gathered the last couple of seasons, Daryl and Carol have been nothing but the show. So they're basically just renaming the show. Um, Honestly, I mean, I agree with Leslie. Like if they want it to be successful and and something different, um, you know, um, they need to move to a more populated area um, to to make it something different than what we've seen. Um, Production wise, though, they're probably moving west because of tax breaks. Because that's why initially The Walking Dead filmed in Atlanta, because Georgia gave them a huge, huge amount 
of tax breaks on their productions and discounted rates and everything like that um, during their filming and permitting process. So that is likely why they're moving west. Um, they probably got a cut budget, and so they're ending the higher budgeted show for this smaller one, um, which is probably an AMC thing. Uh, so they basically have enough money to pay for Carol and Daryl, and that's about it. Um, I, you know, at this point, I don't even know why they are continuing to to do it because um, there's not really a, a desire for zombies anymore. I mean, if you know, just look at what's coming out in you know new films over the last couple of years. There's no new zombie films. Zombie films are like, you know, ten years ago, um, and people just watch it because it's it got a fan base, and now that's dwindling. So, personally, I would like them to take that budget and try and do something completely different. That's not a zombie soap opera that has actually no zombies in it. All right. Mayhem, you you seem to be uh, holding your tongue on some comments. What you what you got? What you, what you got brewing in there? First as you stroke all, that beard, you know. First of all, shout out to Mia. Colorado is dope, but I was thinking Texas. Texas is the state. Bring them to Texas. You want and if you want people like oh, I want the same amount of people as New York and Times Square. Right next door is Las Vegas. Right next door, <laughs> like back and forth. All right. But what is this remember, a Tom Clancy game all of a sudden now? Yes, we're a little... <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's always see the thing about zombie. What I've realized the thing about zombie production movie series, it's never it's about the zombies, but it's more or less how humanity deals with it. Once, for instance, a great game, Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, you realize that human beings become more more monsters than the actual infected. So now we can take them to Texas where there are open gun laws and all this other stuff. They're gonna be going crazy. You know what I'm saying? There's gonna be the, the straggler groups who may just be like, just like I saw in Last of Us Part Two. They may be just kidnapping you to have work food. That's bad to work on on certain things, like on the fields and whatnot. They may eat you, like we've seen that before. There's so many things that they can go with out west, and I agree. It may be more so for you know tax breaks and money wise, but they can expand upon the story. You just get, just hopefully they're thinking outward. And if you're worried about having numerous zombies, once again, Las Vegas. The Bay Area alone. Come on. No. I don't know about Nevada. I don't know no, about no, 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 no. Real quick, though. I know, I know there are a lot of abandoned buildings and a lot of abandoned uh, <laughs> land in Las Vegas, so they can easily film in Las Vegas. But, Leslie, you, you put in a private chat that you want New York to have a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, we did. If the if the whole world is, is facing this zombie apocalypse, New York, New York would definitely be part of that. And as far as tax breaks, they do get tax breaks here in New York City. I think the hassle of filming on the streets here is the issue because you have to, you know, shut down streets and everything, the, the traffic and the pedestrians and stuff like that. I don't know, you know, if it'll give it the same uh, vibe of being uh, isolated. But let's look at 28 days later let's look at uh let's look at um some of those films that actually took place in high rises that was okay. some scary stuff mm -hmm. 28 days later started uh in a high rise uh also um oh gosh what's the other movie where it started off where they were they were trying to leave and uh the zombies were coming up um 28 weeks later the no, no 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 okay um the Horde? 
No, the Z. Uh, uh, oh, World War Z started off like in a city where they were. Yeah, World War Z started off where they were like in a city vibe and they were in a, a, a high rise building. They had to block off all the stairs. We have not seen that type of interaction with the uh, the characters of The Walking Dead. And I want to see a little bit of that. I want to see some heart racing heart pounding situations where they, you don't know if they're going to get out of it. You don't know if they're going to make it, you know, um, just, just wants to do, I mean, come Leslie, on now. We know there's are zombies you gonna deny me? Are you going to deny me zombie Elvis though? Zombie <laughs> Elvis? That didn't work for Resident Evil. The Resident Evil franchise. <laughs> Resident I mean, Evil. what are you gonna do? Okay, Pop so what do you, so what do you want? You want to go to Hollywood so we can see Zombie Charlie Chaplin and Zombie Superman and Spider Man on the same on the same street? <laughs> Elvis, let's go back to Elvis. Look zombie plastic Elvis. surgery. That's interesting. <laughs> what, right, well, right. That's right. When when Mason was sitting there talking about Hollywood, Texas, and stuff like that, where they 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 love their guns. Imagine there is a zombie that's still somewhat cognitive that knows that he has a fifty cal. Like seriously, that storyline that that episode would be just hilarious. Like I'd that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a Walking Dead episode. That'd be a completely <laughs> different scenario altogether. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that would that right, would, yeah. that would go back have, to we, have we have seen a mutated zombie? Because you know no, that, that happens. That would be that's Z Nation. Too. That's Z Nation. Which was I know that, show. but but you know that every virus mutates. So yep. it would be interesting to bring that process that that same that per same perspective into this zombie apocalypse. Saying okay, this zombie mute this this is a mutation. What is the mutation? Now we've got to find out what the mutation is. I think we. Uh, there's so as, much to do with it. So, as two of our followers would like to add, like Zombie Land. I mean, look. I, I mean, I mean, we already got Zombie Bill Murray. I, it looks like Mayhem wants a little bit more than that than just Elvis going on. What, Sammy? Go ahead. So Kirkman, after the comic ended, um, he never officially disclosed what caused the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Correct. But um, after the fact, and that it was all said and done, he did. Well, and there he was. Said, he said it was an alien virus that came from another planet on a meteorite. That is where the zombie officially where the zombie apocalypse started in The Walking Dead. But there was also a theory because of the uh, Breaking Bad crossover of Daryl and Merle talking about some kid that they met who was selling blue sort of blue ice crystals yep. to them. Where they were, they were where they were dealing meth at the time. Wasn't so there an that, episode or two where they actually found bags of it too? They found bags of it. There was an yep. episode where they found bags of it. The trailer, the walk, uh, the Breaking Bad, uh, RV was in the episode as well too. Yep. Destroyed it all, but the but the uh, lab was there, but they never elaborated on that one as well too because. Who knows? They were playing with that theory, but that never happened. Well, you know that that's the. But remember that case, that that horrific case in Florida, where that guy was high on meth and he bit the homeless guy's face off. Oh yeah, and he, he was, was chewing on him. Yep. Yeah. So I'm sure that that's probably where they got that content. So Florida. Yeah. So we're going back to Florida as being the start of the pandemic. So that's what it coast, baby. Like it. I think coast. we should stay clear, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't see them. I can see them going west. As a storyteller, I'll, I'll take away my disdain of the show and, and all of that. I'll remove that aspect. And as a storyteller, you've got two hillbilly hick country characters. They they are not, st story-wise, 
they are not city slickers. They are not going to go. They are not comfortable in a city setting. They don't know how to survive in a city setting. So I could see the writers moving them west into an area that is similar to what they're they they know as regular people, and then of course you know post apocalyptic, but that they're able to survive better um, off the land and that kind of stuff. So I can see them moving them west story-wise because of that in florida they, call, they do call that a tuesday florida. look i think I, I think it looks like mayhem wants carolyn a pair of timberlands somewhere down the line i don't know how this works maybe in a pair of short shorts or stockings that go with it as well who knows i mean he wants right? a pair of crispy tims straight up out of you want her out of the box right so you want carol and daryl straight up Gangstering up all the way to the west coast of California. Who knows <laughs> what, what kind up, of heat up her what kind of mayhem up. they'll do. I hope they don't adapt anything from Z Nation because that also started on the West Coast as well, too. But we also forget that that the uh, fear of the walking dead started in California, in LA, and they made their way to Atlanta. So uh, who knows where this backwoods story is going to take place anyway. Uh, but we all know whoever is a Walking Dead fan, they will not be traveling in those states anytime soon. And we'll be laughing at the people that love to tell us stories about why they won't travel to Atlanta or to <laughs> anyone else where they think there's an actual zombie epidemic. <laughs> anyway, I, I wish that was a story, too. Like no, false, that is so literally true. a story. Um, if we have time at the end of it, I will tell you my Salt Lake City story where a family did not want to go to Atlanta because they felt bad for the cast because they thought the zombie apocalypse was actually happening in Atlanta, Georgia. There's the short story version of it. Anyway, here's to something that is going that is actually epically awesome, but we sort of get it, but sort of not. Our fandom has finally hit. We get the crossover that we've all been dreaming about. Well, sort of anyway. Star Trek versus Star Wars, or so it may seem. The latest Uber Eats commercial, we see uh, Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart opposite each other. Uh, no word yet if phasers or lightsaber were used in the making of the Uber Eats episode commercial or Uber Eats commercial. But we did see a baseball bat with a cricket paddle in one of their commercials. Um, all we know is that Uber Eats, uh, Uber Eats shot first. Uh, now we just need Saturday Night Live to finish where they have just uh, started. Uh, and you guys have seen the two to three uh, Uber Eats commercials and have gone completely insane with what's been going on. Uh, Sammy, let's start with you. <laughs> you know, they absolutely had no point and I, I absolutely love them all the same for it because they just like come walking up into this rando abandoned um you know factory with a baseball bat and a cricket bat respectively like they're about to start some west side story mixed gang war and then like patrick stewart gives a zinger and then mark hamill gives a zinger and then patrick stewart says something and then it's super lame because mark hamill screws it up and it's yeah. amazing um and then like the other two episodes one they're playing um air hockey yeah. the other they're playing connect four they, it has absolutely nothing to do with food um you know they're arguing you know in the other one they're disagreeing how to say tomato or tomato um but i absolutely love it because it's two fantastic actors you can clearly you know um see that they're having um uh they're having fun with the uh, you know with it and that um 
you know, they they just are there for the fun of it. Like it doesn't need to make any sense, you know? Um, and I hope they do more because it yep. was hilarious. Nice. Mayhem, you've seen it. You're you're a Star Wars and Star Trek fan, more Star Wars than anything, but yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's the funniest, what, 50 seconds to a minute ever you'll have. Uh, if you've dated somebody, if you're from the West, you dated somebody from the East, who speaks, uh, who's from the UK and whatnot, and they have the English accent, whatever, it, you can kind of understand. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Like, I literally had to go get with my girlfriend the other day, and she was like, squirrel. And I was like, this is squirrel, squirrel. Where's the squirrel? What, what are you talking about? There's no square and a squirrel. But it's funny. And it's, once again, like Sammy says, it's just a great banter between the two. It's two great icons. And Uber Eats just like, yeah, here you go. Let me show the order us. It's great. It's, it's awesome. It's classic. We need commercials like this. Right. Uh, Leslie, could you see? I mean, you're, you're, you're the Star Trek fan for this. Wait, so, I am Star Wars fan. You know, Star Wars Star Wars was very instrumental in me becoming an actor. I had a Mark Hamill poster up in my bedroom. I was gonna marry that man. I'm <laughs> telling you, I am telling you, I listened to I listened to the soundtrack of Star Star Wars over and over again, imagining me myself in that universe. And Star Trek was the first time I saw somebody black in space. You know, so right. it, it has always been instrumental in my my imagination two of my favorite actors in one commercial and i think that that is all that this whole commercial this uber eats commercial is all about it is giving people nostalgia it's making them feel good at a time when we can't get out um and and, and intermingle with one another you've got picard and you've got luke uh, skywalker i mean it's just an amazing commercial. It, it's just, you know, 15 seconds of nothing, but it mm -hmm. is everything to a fan, everything to a fan, just to see the two of them together. I, I, I'm i telling you, I was so geek gorgasm uh, over that. I really am. And so um, I'm excited about it. It was, a, it was a huge success for them to get these two actors. Uh, uh, props to you, Uber Eats, for doing that. Uh, I definitely right now use DoorDash, but I will consider Uber Eats now just because of this commercial. <laughs> there you go. Um, Bergie, I mean, where where can you see these commercials going? Let's just have a little fun. Where can you see these commercials go, especially with two of the most iconic men of space? I mean, I was actually surprised they used Patrick Stewart to go with it at first, because if you thought about it, why not use you know, uh, the original Captain Kirk, you know, why not? Why not do him? Uh, nah. surprised with it. Well, I mean, I think I could go with him because they're too older. Uh, they basically started everything and the next generation goes down. I'm surprised Shatner didn't, you know, play it, but it is what it is. I'd like to see what they could do with some other stuff going forward. Maybe we bring in Lord of the Rings for, uh, a different, you know, fandom or maybe, you know, bring in Marvel. What about Robert Downey Jr.? versus you know ben affleck so you got batman versus iron man you can do some different stuff with this which would actually i think would be fantastic i'd like to see some iconic voice actors maybe bring in P peter cullen optimus prime versus frank welker megatron and they're arguing over how to say potato or something um i think it'd be hilarious i i think it's great i love the commercial because you see them and they both look like it, it's like something out of like warriors like sammy was saying they're in a uh 
like a old down factory and they one has a baseball bat, one has a cricket bat, and they're trying to go at each other. I, I thought it was absolutely hysterical. This was perfect. So yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But would you like to see um Saturday Night Live kind of finish it for us, kind of thing? Like, let's we got something. We got solid gold. Let's let's figure something out. Oh, Saturday Night Live is definitely going to do this. They're gonna they're gonna troll this pretty good themselves <laughs> and everything, right. and go with it. It's going to be hilarious. Nice. Uh, anyway, let's get to some uh, more action. Uh, a show that is kind of coming to an end, but we can. But we'd like to see where it ends up. Supergirl ends after uh, after season six, but sadly, with uh, Supergirl coming to an end after season six. Well, the fans are upset and a little confused with Supergirl ending. Uh, how does this fit into the Arrowverse? Uh, maybe this is setting up for her guest starring in her cousin's series, Superman and Lois. Uh, my answer is there is no Arrow, uh, Arrowverse. Uh, Steve McQueen is—I uh, mean, uh, McQueen is dead in the verse. Um, maybe, maybe uh, they'll write something better, like you know, Death of Supergirl. Maybe she'll go to a different Earth. Maybe she's just put on hold just to see how the storyline for Superman and Lois takes off. Either way, Supergirl isn't done just yet. Um, and you guys watched the series and a little upset with what uh, DC has been going on. Mayhem, let's start with you since you uh, you so are Marvel. a DC fan. Marvel before DC, okay? Marvel All before DC. But I will say this. As someone who watched the, the, the Superman and Lois from way back when, oh, my God, and I was invested in, the, in that show. I'm happy that Supergirl made it. Eh, to me, it was a flop, but a lot of people liked it. Whatever, I'm happy that we definitely have more feminine superheroes on screen, and they're taking the major role. They're not supporting characters, a lot of stuff, and I am excited to see the new rendition of Lois and Clark. You notice how they say Lois, then Clark? Keep it that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, make Lois so much more interesting. You know, um, I hope I want to bring Supergirl come. I hope she comes back, but I hope they revamp her and make her way more exciting. I don't know what they're gonna do with the Arrowverse since they already did Crisis. I mean, there is Crisis. There's Crisis Infinite, and I'm forgetting the third Crisis. There's so many Crises. So I, I want to see her come back, obviously, and add more to the DC. Uh, the whatever the DC. Um, I was going to say the TV production. I'll just say it like that. Like, I just want to see what she adds to that universe. And that's it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leslie, what do you, what do you think of uh, where DC is going with, uh, with Supergirl? I mean, what do you see I, it? I, you know what? Uh, my husband absolutely loves this show, probably more mm -hmm. so than I do. It's just a little too corny for me, but um it's, you know, I, I don't see them writing in the death of of this, of Kara. I don't see that. I do see that, you know, we've got Batwoman um, spinning off of this and then Superman and Lois. So I see her making an appearance, but uh, as the storyline itself or Supergirl itself, it, it's, you know, it's run the gamut of whatever it could be. They've written in all these other you know, timelines, universes and stuff like that. I mean, it's just getting so way confusing. So it's time for the, when you, when you see stuff like that written into a show, that means that they're running out of ideas. So it should have ended, I think a while back, but I don't think that there's going to be a death of this character per se. I think that she's going to probably make a pair uh, Supergirl is going to make an appearance in the other spinoff franchises. And they may even have some more uh, franchises lined up for us that we don't even know about. Um, 
But I think it's time. I think it's time to give the swan song and say goodbye. Adieu. Uh, Sammy, your thoughts on the uh, season six uh, with the Supergirl ending? Um, to be honest, the show ran it. Ooh, flicker. Um, sorry if I lose electric uh, thunderstorms. But um, the show uh, pretty much ran its course, to be honest. Um, that is a very limited character to work with because it's basically a copy of Superman. So bringing in Superman now, you know, I have a, I, I feel like people watched it because they wanted Superman, but they couldn't get Superman. Um, and they were trying to appeal to a demographic that the other shows did not, which was, you know, women and, you know, younger women. But, um, you know, it ran its course storyline wise because she basically, like I said, was a copy of Superman. And um, it now got to the point where it was like Leslie said, it was starting to get pretty corny. Like it was kind of corny in the beginning, but it just became a one trick pony. Um, consistently. And the last uh, I watched, I think season four, five, whatever's on Netflix. Um, and it got to the point where the side characters were getting more screen time than the main character. Like they were more interesting than your main superhero. I cared more about her sister than I did, um, you know, what she was doing. So I don't like Leslie said, I don't see them um, killing her because they're going to want to bring her back for crossovers and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people forget that there is a, in the Supergirl universe is um, there was a, uh, a meteor, uh, an asteroid that was part of Krypton that was inhabited by what's left of Krypton and Superman and Lois were up there with their kids for a while. And I see, I could easily see them just saying, all right, well, you know what? She's going to go there to be with her people and the family members she has left while Superman comes back down and, you know, basically takes her place on the planet now that it's one whole planet. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy it's it's over um, because it sort of um, it became very uh, badly. They did it badly of that uh, serving you know, political and social commentary, but not in a productive way or a way that um, uh, worked itself into the story. Uh, mm. It was very forced. And some of the times I felt like I was watching that, you know, one minute clip at the end of the G.I. Joe episode in the 80s where it's like, turn off your water, kids, you know, to save water. Or this is how you scissor kick, you know, to stay alive in the water. Um, I felt like I was watching more of an infomercial to educate me than I was watching, you know, this uplifting superhero story. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to kill her. Uh, they're going to leave her open and they'll probably do what they do in comics where the character just continues about their day in the universe and we just don't see it. Uh, Bergie, you're, you watch more shows than I do pretty much. Um <laughs> Is Sammy right? They they seem to have just you know written too much for their own britches kind of thing where they can't go backwards to fix their own damage. Well, I think they did that with the the whole in the last one where they did the crossover with the what the hell is it the Infinity Crisis basically of their own version yeah. of it. Um, and they basically said that 
Greg Berlanti and a few of the others had talked to each individual showrunner for their individual shows and says, hey, at the end of this crossover, we're going to basically make it so you guys can reset. What do you want to add back into your shows? Because they realized some of their shows and their storylines were getting very stale. Supergirl is one of those shows that, like Sammy said, a lot of the side characters are getting more screen time, and we actually cared more about some of the side characters. Like, I liked Brainy, the little quirks with him. I like John uh, Cryer playing uh, Lex Luthor. So I'm hoping he still portrays that with the Lois and Clark show. Um, but I think she was getting, as I think the old saying is, a little long in the tooth with the episode, and we were watching it because we wanted uh, Superman, and we weren't getting it. I think that's the reason why we watched Batwoman. We were hoping for a Batman on TV screen and not the, hey, I'm a kid that's angsty, emo, don't listen to my butler because my parents passed away and I want to become a vigilante version. Um, I am curious to see where they're going to go with this, if they're how they're going to do crossovers because Legends of Tomorrow is getting up there too. Our, uh, what, uh, Flash is now six, maybe seven seasons. How many more seasons that left? Uh, you've got Black Lightning. You're adding Lois and Clark. Are they going to add any other shows to this plus Batwoman? I'd like to see them go off with some of different characters. I've been hoping for a Blue Beetle and uh, Booster Gold series. Like I would absolutely love. They've rumored and hinted on that in every iteration of the the movie uh, TV shows that they've done on CW for almost twenty years. Give me that. At least that would be entertaining. Where I could get that and give me some other superheroes. Give me Hawkman, Hawkgirl. What about them for some of the DC? Like, there's other characters I think they could touch upon that we don't see because they're not marketable. This could make them marketable. And Supergirl, as far as where she's going, I think she goes, like Samuel was saying, maybe up there to the asteroid, or maybe she goes back into the future. Does she go to the future with the uh, the Justice League from the future, the, the superheroes? Um, or does she get trapped in the Phantom Zone? We don't know. Like, it's there's a lot of stuff that they can do with her. So who knows? So I, I mean, look, we we've had a few like there was been a few celebrities, including uh, the Miz, Miz Annan, who really wanted to play Booster Gold, and DC kind of brushed it off. And there have been many people that have asked to play other DC characters including a lot of fan favorites that people are waiting for, which is Static Shock, especially yes. with the Black Lightning series happening. Oh. A lot of people have been wondering when Static Shock is going to make the appearance, especially maybe cameoing in the Black, Black Lightning series. All of you had faces to say, let's start with Mayhem first, because he had the biggest facial, facial reaction. Let, we'll go with you, Leslie, after, but what? I was just going to say, because... I want Static Shock. I think everybody who saw uh -huh. Static Shock slept on it at first, but was interested, and then it just blew into into like something crazy. And the fact that they brought him back in Justice League was like, ah! yep. Then we calmed down. Uh, <laughs> so if they bring him back out again, I would love to see it. I'm gonna let Leslie talk about that. She's over there. Uh, what I want to say is Booster Gold and Blue Beetle would be an awesome series because here it is. You can get the features of your superheroes and not really see them like you can have booster gold and blue beetle talking to superman and then all you get is him flying away as they create mayhem and this every season will be like their mishaps and whatever mistakes they do they create something that they got to deal with and help the justice league who you don't see or maybe you get a glimpse of at the end and it's like they help but they didn't help but at the end season finale boom season two it would be awesome you come on come on let me 
Yeah, I've been an actor. Was. I'm telling you, I've been an actor. I know these things. <laughs> I know. Right now, working on production and directing. Yeah, well, he's he's been an actor for one hour and fifteen minutes today, guys. So keep it calm. Get onto his IMDb page. Anyway, Leslie, your thoughts? I mean, look. Well, you know, they are creating a Static Shock movie. Reginald Hunland just announced that he is doing it. Yes. So I'm just saying. And especially if it's Reginald Hudlin is doing Reggie Hudlin doing a Static Shock movie, you know it is going to be completely authentic, and it is going to capture all that Static is. You know, all his urbanness, all of his, you know, being black, all of that is going to be in this character. And I am cannot wait. I'm so excited about that. As far as introducing him to the TV series, um, I think that they're probably going to have that movie first. And then maybe maybe some Gus appearance so static, so that's my that's my take we'll on it. Sammy, uh, I absolutely loved Static Shock. I mean, from when he was first introduced, you know, um, in the in the cartoons to you know just the because he was like this throwaway like character initially, and then all of a sudden like he was everywhere, and he was such a cool character. I mean, who doesn't want to surf on a manhole cover in the middle of the air? Um, but what I think would be cool is, you know, because after they, you know, after they cancel Supergirl, you're only going to have three shows, three Arrowverse, you know, CW shows. Um, you'll have Flash or four, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, and then Lois and Clark or whatever it's called. Um, so what I think would be cool is if they did a Justice League TV show like we got with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited because, you know, that's what they did with the cartoons. They all had individual cartoons and then they canceled them all and they brought you this really awesome Justice League cartoon and every episode had, di had different heroes dealing with a different mm -hmm. thing. So we didn't always have to, we weren't always watching Batman and Superman or the Fab Five. You know, we were watching, you know, Booster Gold fighting, you know, his nemesis with the help of, you know, um, Dr. Fate. And so I think it'd be neat if they kind of did that sort of tag team um, styled uh, show, but it being live action as opposed to a cartoon, because then you can have, you know, all the all the awesome um, heroes that we don't normally get to see. And it's not... Um, you know, it's not a it's not a huge uh, drain because they're just there for an episode or two. You know, there's side characters that come in and then they are there for a couple, you know, an episode or two and then they're gone. Just like in the um, the Justice League, uh, the Bruce Tim Justice League cartoons. Yeah. Hey. yeah. I was yeah, gonna say, like, I'm a huge Static Shock fan. I grew up watching that show. Gigantic fan of it uh what's a uh, kids jason marsden was the second uh sidekick on it he was a little the geeky guy i actually grew up with the kids so i was it was really cool that he was on a tv show i, I watched and i absolutely love that i think they could actually do it with like you what uh leslie was saying with doing a justice league thing bring them all back and do something like that maybe make boost of gold and uh blue beetle like uh, Mayhem was saying where they have to clean up a mess or something where I think there was an episode in the Justice League Unlimited where mm -hmm. Batman put Booster Gold on like street detail to babysit the, the crowd and he ended up saving the day but and Batman didn't want to give him acknowledgement for it because he did it 
maybe we could do that with some of these other characters that are getting off of Legend of Tomorrow, Green Arrow, the Supergirl and everything, make their own little Justice League where the, the Justice League is actually off fighting doomsday uh hbo max uh you know they're off on that series and we have all these guys and we bring them in and we do episodes where we get green lantern introduce it introduce some of the other characters you know red tornado you have all these other characters that maybe not might not work for a whole show or movie but bring them in for an episode or two and have them tag team with different characters throughout the season make it a 13 episode arc do it for the summertime see how it goes i bet your money is probably one of the best what shows all year and it would be something people would be clamoring for every year. So, I would. So you want a series with Condiment Man, Kite Man? Would, would yes. You, you know, like yes, we do. Oh, wow. no. Yes. We're yes. bringing this up every time. Yes. Because you uh, know what? We don't, we don't need to spread the character out through so many episodes. We can get a really good chunk of this character, leave everything mysterious, like the perfect boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and boom. There it is. The perfect date between me and the TV and these characters. Because yeah. like Bergie said, make it a 13 episode. And you know what? You don't even have to go crazy for the animation or the CGI. You just give us really good costumes and a really great script. I will believe this man who's clearly on strings is flying with wings. I, we did it for X-Men 3, okay? We did it for Angel, okay? Like, I will believe. I will believe. And they don't have to stay. They can go. Yeah. Yep. The only thing is we need... We need we need Warner Brothers and DC to kind of be like, okay, the series and the movies are going to play to each other and going to play nice, okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody can use them for better story development, okay? You understand? You understand. Yeah. Yep. Kiss and well, make up. Well, we'll see about that because we, we've seen uh, DC's track record when it comes to TV show, to movie aspect, to cartoons, yeah. and we all know the animations are a lot better with storyline yes. and content of what we want. Yeah. But that was before that was movie. before the clean out. That was before the Warner Media yeah. clean This is true. But so, we're still but we are still on the waiting phase of the so-called clean out, and we still have to see one project to come out and the so-called Justice League movie that we're still waiting on the back burner. If it Hi. fails, if it doesn't well, fail, uh, it's because because of COVID. It, that's really what you can't. You, I mean, let's let's be let's let's be realistic here. This has put a lot of this has put a lot of things. Well, I mean, it, I think probably everybody feels that way. This has put a lot of things on the back burner for a lot of people, you know. And if it was already in production at the time, then I see them going ahead and continuing the production. But stuff that's in development, it's very hard to get it out there now because the casting process itself, just all of that, is a whole different vibe, you know. Right. Literally, you can't go and audition for something now. You basically have to do it in your house. You know, you right. have to set up your own production, I mean, your own studio and everything like that. Things are different. The world is different. I have a lot of confidence in what Water Media is going to do as far as the DC universe. I have a lot. I, I, I believe in it. And not because that's my day job, but because <laughs> of, but because of, no, but because the CEO is a huge comic fan. The dude is a huge comic fan. And I think that he, when he came in, he looked at it and he's like, this isn't working. Uh, let's go in and clean this out because I want at least this part of this business to survive and to thrive and to be comparable or even outshine Marvel in some way. So it's going to happen. It's a process, but it is going to happen. I think we're going to see good things out of Warner Media and DC Comics. One person still has high hopes. Two people have high hopes. I'm still in that end. But we will see what HBO Max has because HBO Max, 
has they won't stop, especially with James Gunn. Because John Cena's Peacemaker, before we get the Suicide Squad movie, is getting a spinoff series from James Gunn to HBO Max. Uh, the first spinoff in the series with Peacemaker, an episode adventure, uh, an episode adventure coming to HBO Max. The character will dis- uh, will debut in the Suicide Squad in August of 2021. We will see about that. Uh, and HBO Max series will take things back in time to explore the character's origin story. Cena will reprise the role with the Suicide Squad director James Gunn, who will write the eight-episode series. Uh, which has been fully ordered by Warner Brothers. Uh, no word yet on the timeline or you know length per episode, but with James Gunn uh, behind the uh, expected action laughter to take place, I wonder what kind of member of, of the Guardians will make a cameo on this little project. Uh, Samuel, let's start with you. You think this is a great buy for, for HBO Max? especially before the movie starts. We're already getting a John Cena spinoff. Sure. I mean, it's John Cena. You know, I mean, people love John Cena. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm with Virgie. But I mean, yeah, I'm with Mayhem, but go ahead. <laughs> well, regardless of what your personal opinions are, <laughs> there is a real market for John Cena. Otherwise, he wouldn't be John Cena. Um, but... The interesting thing that the interesting takeaway uh, of this for me is not the fact that he's getting a show. Uh, that's obvious. The interesting thing is he's getting a prequel after he debuts in um, in Suicide Squad, which writer wise would lead you to believe that he is going to die in the film because why would they then go back if they can continue the character um, after the fact? So I'm wondering like if he's going to, you know, his character type is the peace at all costs kind of thing. So, you know, I wonder if they're actually going to kind of, um, you know, have him be the sacrificial, you know, the coveted sacrificial lamb at the end of the film. And he's the one that helps save the day and he dies. And then we get more John Cena in the prequel and how he becomes Peacemaker and all of that. Um, but I can see that. I mean, they've clearly, they you know, they're not stupid. HBO's not stupid. They've clearly done enough testing, uh, enough research, market research, that kind of thing. Uh, listened to fans and their reception on him just being announced and said, okay, John Cena is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna green light this. It's probably right. gonna be like an eight episode series. If I seriously doubt it would be ongoing because it's a prequel. And you know, it's a bit awkward that, hey, we're gonna debut here, but no, 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 prequel here. And that's the same formula that Disney did with Black Widow. She died in the film, but they want more of the character, so they did a prequel film. Well, um, we've seen we've seen plenty of uh, uh, movies that have gone backwards with prequel, and they have survived the timeline storyline. Uh, Mayhem, uh, you cringed very hard with John Cena in a prequel, especially. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me tell you something. Okay, first of all, DC don't go breaking my heart. All right, HBO, I got faith in you. I got for DC. I don't have faith in you. You're bad for me. You have no, you have commitment issues. You have consistency issues. All right, John Cena. Okay, you're right. There's a market for him, but can he act? 
can he act? The Rock has to play a law enforcement person. They had beef. But The Rock has to play some kind of law enforcement person, and it's okay. John Cena, I don't know. I'm a little hesitant, but I do believe in James Gunn. So if he could get an eight-series episode, well, eight-episode series, excuse me, for that, then okay, I'm willing to believe. Warner Brothers, just, just make me believe. Make me believe. Look, come here. Come closer. Make me believe, okay? Shout out to my actors, my fellow actors and actresses that's going to be working with it. You know what I'm saying? John Cena, I love you, baby. You know I see you doing your thing. You uh, you do know the Emmys have passed, You do know the Emmys have passed, so we can't even, like, maybe we could for it's next not, year's Emmys it's and not everything. About, it's not it's about, not about when you're an actor, yes, you want that recognition, but when you put in the time and effort <laughs> for your craft, everybody else recognizes you. Okay, look at Leonardo DiCaprio. You know what? I'm not even going to shade anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, you get nominated, please different. vote for us for the Grammy this year because this will be used for the Grammy. So please vote for us for the Grammys for, for Best Ensemble for, for a live podcast or, or live show. So please, or spoken word show. Leslie, uh, your thoughts on John Cena, Peacemaker, and the James Gunn uh, HBO Max spinoff. Mayhem, for all your no's, there are thousands of women who say yes. <laughs> so, I, 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 think Leslie, I think Leslie's one of them. Yes. All right. I will watch John Cena if he's sweeping up my yard. I will watch him. Let me tell you, this is going to be successful because... With all of the success around the boys and they're making this character kind of similar to that, because you know it's going to be, of course, it's going to be a little adult contented. I think that that's, this is their attempt to match the boys. And that's how they're going to put this character in there. So for all the wrestling fans out there, all the female fans, I say, yes, let's go ahead and do this. I want to see this Peacemaker movie. I mean, this, this eight shows of uh, a Peacemaker, I will watch it. And, um, you know, uh, yes, Mayhem, Jason Momoa, and John Cena. <laughs> you just want to see their shirts off. You well, know, you know they what? can make no, a nothing. sandwich out of me. <laughs> I tell you, let me tell you, I, I will watch both of them. I don't care if they can't act out of a bag. I can, I don't care. I don't care. Not they just bring sunshine to the room. They bring sunshine power. into the, huh? <laughs> I said they're we, not being paid for their acting prowess. Let's oh just, heck no! Say, you, you are know, so you are so right, and and women make money too, honey. So That's we right. will pay for that. We will watch it. You got a fan base, baby. Don't don't listen to what May, what Mayhem says. I got you. I got uh, you. So Bergie, with what Leslie has just said, which it is true, yep. John Cena does have a lot of fans because we all know with WWE creating always making a. An action figure. John Cena's always on that line, whether we like it or not. Yep. John Cena's always on that Mattel line for action figures. Do you see? Do you see this going past the eight episodes? Like we've seen, we, we've seen, we've seen prequel backward kind of stories and stuff when it comes to series or episodes. I mean, look, we bought it to Dukes of Hazard, and mm -hmm. that went straight to DVD, and yet that became more popular than the actual movie that came out. Yeah. I mean, to to go uh, on Mayhem earlier when he said, you know, Cena can't act. Come on, you don't believe that Stone Cold Stunner when he got hit with that, he fell down. Like, come on, I thought he broke his jaw. You can't tell right. me. Like, I, I get it. Wrestling is wrestling, and we all know it's fake and scripted and stuff like that. But some of these guys act out some some stuff that makes you believe, like, 
they're dead in the ring and stuff like that and everything. So, I mean, some of them are decent actors. Triple H is not one of them, hence why his movie career is tanking back to being. <laughs> oh, that's wow. It's true. It's oh, come true, on. It's though. so true. It's, it's true. true. If you yeah. want to watch the Pacifier, you want, or you want to go watch, a, a, watch Blade Trinity, be my guest. But anyway. Yeah, no, bad. But I, I can actually see with Cena, and I think it is like what you're saying, where it's going to be, this is their version of the boys. Maybe this can lead into some more stuff with uh, some characters that might not get some normal screen time, and they make this into a series. Is it going past eight episodes? That that I cannot say. Uh, if it's compelling story, and we love it, and the ratings are there, yeah, it probably gets a second season, probably not much more than that, because I do believe like what Sam was saying earlier where they obviously maybe they're killing his character off and that's why we're going to get this prequel for it. Um, and also keep in mind, just by mentioning his name attached to the, the, the movie, look at the buzz. And now he has a second, you know, he has a sequel, a, a TV series coming out for it. So I think this is fantastic. I'm going to watch it. I love John Cena. I followed him in wrestling. You know, I loved it when The Rock made fun of with Fruity Pebbles and he got a Fruity Pebbles contract and for cereal and stuff like that. The man is in everything. He's in the Bumblebee movie. I thought he was a great part of that movie. He's done some decent acting. Um, so, I mean, if anybody's watched Trainwrecked with him in it, I thought he was hilarious in that movie. I thought he did a great job. So did LeBron James in that. So, I mean, there's some people out there that can't act as athletes. I think he's the next Rock in a way. He's going to be the next one that comes out yeah. from there for the rock. I really do believe it, ma'am. I know you, I, I can see the eyes rolling back. You have the exorcism moment, but think about it out of the wrestlers right now. Who's the next big guy that could come out that could actually do an action sequence. There's no way Batista's solid. He's not that guy that's going to carry. Batista's a, a sidekick. He's the B list sidekick actor. Yeah. You got John Cena that can carry a franchise. If and they're fans to. love him, they will go see him. Mm -hmm. That's why. And you look at a lot of those movies that WWE made. It was like guys like The Miz and some of those other lesser known characters that made some of them. The Marine. What are they on? Like Marine Twenty Eight now or something like that. Something like that. They they went with Randy Orton to. Um, yep. Uh, to Dean Dean Ambrose to the Miz. the Miz was in one, yeah. So Miz was in four. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, but also people forget that this is a shared universe. This is a DC universe, sort of in a way. This is a DC franchise. Now you have more talks of Icon versus Icon for next WrestleMania, and you have The Rock and John Cena now under DC. People oh. also forget that also Boom Studios, who writes the the WWE comic books, are under the DC storyline. <laughs> <laughs> did you just say? Did you just say? Drash the Destroyer, Dave Batista can't carry a film. Have you no. seen this man act as Sex Destroyer? Get out of here! He you was fan He's boy. a good actor. You are fanboy, Bergie. All right. Wait, wait, wait. He is a good, he's a good. He's a good actor. Just watching the pecs. You are not watching that man's Hold face, on. and you should be ashamed of yourself. You, okay? you tell me. You tell me what movie he's led that's been a box office. Uh, you know. Box well, he office. needs the opportunity. Besides the one where he was he made the, an impact. I want you to driver kind of thing. There was yeah, that but movie, listen, but listen, and there was one that went straight to Netflix. The, the, the fact that the dude could get a film, period, yeah. means that he can act. I mean, I have watched a couple of his films, and I thought he was a pretty good actor. And I'm saying this, and I'm an actor, so I'm saying that he did it really well. He may not lead a franchise. He may not have the appeal that The Rock or John Cena has, but the dude can act. He can carry a film, and he was entertaining. Yeah, side character out here making main character roles. Mm. Look, hold I, that, Bergie. 
I love Batista because it, <laughs> can't, you're killing me, man. I do like Batista, but he is like that. He's that Drax guy, and the reason he's getting other roles out of that is because of what Guardians of the Galaxy did for him. That's right. why he's going to get a lot of these side roles, like the My Spy thing. Cute movie, didn't do very well in the box office. You know, the Stuber. I right. thought uh, Batista's in a new Dune movie as well, too. We're not for, we're he forgetting about that. Another franchise, uh, Blade Runner. He was yes, he was also in Blade Runner. Runner. Yes, he was. Yeah. And that was probably some of the best acting he ever did. I didn't see him. I haven't seen my spy yet. So of what I've seen of him, you know, my he, wasn't, he wasn't the typical John Cena plays one character, just like the rock plays one character yes. and they're all given different names, but they are the same exact archetype. They're the same exact character. I love the rock, but just like Cena, they're one trick ponies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Batista has shown to whatever level he has shown that he has a greater acting range than they do. Um, I haven't seen my spy. Everybody keeps saying my spy. I haven't seen it yet, but um, in, he played a completely different character of the three films that I saw of him Four films. Um, he played a completely different character in each one. I mean, in, in 2049 or 2044, Blade, the Blade Runner one, um, he didn't even have, like, any sort of real action, you know, scene except getting blown through the wall, and that was it. So, I mean, you know, in the argument of it, John Cena is going to play John Cena. Whether he's wearing a Peacemaker mask or a suit or a Marine uniform, he's playing John Cena with a different name. <laughs> Look, if, if he does this... Or you can't see me. It's it. It's done. We we know where it goes because how many times have we seen the rock do the rock bottom in a or movie or two? Yeah. Or the eyebrow. Well, that's what they're known that's for. That's happened. what we to see for them. So, like, you know, they don't go to see the rock to to get culturally enriched. I go to see him do the people's eyebrow and elbow and you know blow crap up. You know. Um, and that's what people, when they go see John Cena, that's what they're going to go see John Cena. They're not going for, you know, philosophical enrichment of learning what the meaning of life is. That's why 12 Rounds and the first Marine were exactly the same film, just a different cast. God, it was the exact same 12 film. Rounds. Yes. 12 yeah, Rounds. I mean, you know, in, 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 the, in the universe of Hollywood, there are two types of actors. There's the actor that's the personality where a film is written about that person as it's, it's centered around that personality. And then you have the actors like the male streets and the, and the, uh, you know, um, the people that go in deep that can change, uh, can be chameleons. So we're going to go see it, You know, somebody that's a personality. That's literally what we're doing. We're buying into that personality. We're not buying into the acting job. We're buying into the personality. Yep. Mm -hmm. We are buying into literally people forget Bloom Studios into DC Comics into the same John Cena character that we see in WWE. They are all connected, all together. And on top of that, we got Black Adam the Rock right there to start a new rumor of the next WrestleMania for next year, where it becomes Peacemaker versus Black Adam. I mean, look. I pay money for WrestleMania to see them in ca in costume wrestle it out too. Yep, I would. That'd probably be one of the best cut promos that WWE has seen in about five years. Right. So, <laughs> and during right now, as we speak, we're we're you know we're we're missing a night of champions anyway. Yep. But uh, 
Um, for anyone who is watching right now for our next topic, super spoiler alerts coming coming up next. So if you have not watched the latest episodes of The Boys, turn us off, mute us, go back, go forward, whichever way you want to do. We will be discussing The Boys, so super spoilers uh, um, are coming. Look, I missed, I missed the latest episode, so this is on you guys. Uh, let's start with Leslie. Let's start with you. Um, what happened this and these episodes that I just missed out on? So, because I have no problem with it. So, Ooh, so Ooh. much. Oh my so god, much. Oh my gosh, look, I look, don't even know where to begin. Look, 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 I want to talk about episode five last time, which we saw Homefront and uh-huh. uh, Homelander. You know, dirty dancing, dirty oh, yeah. dancing in the air, yes, dirty dancing in the air, and everything. And I missed episode six, so. What happened after the um, the apartment the, scene? We'll say the horizontal mamba. <laughs> uh, well, actually, you know what? Uh, I did not see episode six because I thought that that was the last episode that we saw with them doing the. Uh, oh man! No, what, I got one more thought. No, 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 no! It's okay because I, I, you know, I, it, my husband and I will watch it tonight. But, right, but I will so who, say this. I will say this. I did end it with them doing the horizontal mambo in the air. Yeah, um, vertical floaty mambo. Yeah, the glory, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. What, whatever they were doing in the air yeah, was, which was uh, very interesting. But what was what was uh, what was a revelation? And I think that we actually spoke about this last week. Is we were talking about how Stormfront is so racist. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I thought about that. That is terrifying to think. It's terrifying to think right. that somebody is that racist and who's, has that much power. Who's, right. who's watched Who's watched episode six? Me and Sammy are the only two, or may yes. have you watched it? Nope. All right. Nope. No. I'm sorry. You know me. I love watching it, but I was away. Sorry. Okay. I was, right. I was actually in All my right. trailer. Well, right. trailer Sammy, go first. This show. And we'll end it with Bird. I will end it with Bird. You got. So so in. Am I spoilering for these two? Yes, no. we agreed to spoiler. Okay, so you find out. So, so Stormfront and Homelander. Um, Homelander starts like you get a little bit of a storyline of them being kids in love, um, you know, and does horribly horrible stuff. They kill a dude while she's rubbing his crotch in an alleyway, and then mm-hmm. they have sex next to the guy's corpse. What, you know, like all sorts of craziness. So he says um, on the movie set, you kind of get this um, sort of uh, little montage, for lack of a better way, of, of these two kids in love kind of thing. And she completely blows him off. Yep. And so he goes to, he wants to give her flowers and she stands him up. And he gets mad, so he burns down his trailer, like he does. So he gets pissed off at her. And she ends up telling him the truth, long story short. And the truth is, is that she is over a hundred years old. She is Vought's wife. She is the first soup. And Vought was a Nazi. So she, oh, she shows him pictures of all of the Nazi scientists. So her thing is that she, Homelander, is the epitome of what her and her husband were working towards. 
He's an Aryan and he's a super soldier. So no matter what, she loves him because he is the culmination of over a hundred years of 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 them try or not over a hundred years, but almost a hundred years of them trying to make the perfect human, and it's Homelander, and he is to lead the people. So, oh, oh. So, wait, wait. So, long story short, Homelander just made out with his mom. No, 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 no. 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 Okay, but it just sounded like to me. No, we're gonna let let, let Bergie take it over. Let Bergie take it over. So, to 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 touch upon what what she's saying is basically the creator of the the serum and everything like that. The head guy Vought, he married this woman who we right. end up finding out it's Homefront. So it's the two of them. Basically, they had a child. You find out um in it. Uh, but basically what what you're saying is like that's their their son that's basically like the their idea of what the perfect you know person is the you know the aryan race the nazi race back then thought anybody with blonde hair blue eyes was the perfect person this is their version of it right now and that's what she tells him basically like you are what me and my husband were trying to create you're it and now they've fallen in love in a way like she could kill us i think more or less she's using him to basically fight for an agenda he's looking at I found somebody who can match me with power, strength, love, and he wants that. And, and that happened he, in episode five, where he that shoots her, five. and the he shoots her, and she like takes all the damage. Dude, that that you guys were great on that episode when you told me about that. I was like, man, she yeah. wow, God wow. bless her to stand with it. And you get more of that in this episode. Um, but I mean, you also see a lot of other stuff in this this yeah. episode where that was just the first thing that yeah, that was like the main first about, thing in yeah. it. But you know how, like, we were talking earlier where we were thinking about the boys having that uh, spinoff where they were going to go to this island? You find out somewhere in here that Stormfront is actually, I think she's doing this outside of Vought. I don't think it's part of Vought. And we find out that there's, like, a mental asylum somewhere where she's basically creating super soldiers in a way. And yeah. they're giving it to them as adults to try to create there. And you see a bunch of different powers manifest. And there's one, there's one that I am not going to say. But man, mother's milk is disturbed, and that man is going to need therapy for lots of years. I'm just saying, you're going to love it when you see it. Frenchie makes fun of him for it. We see Lamplighter. We see a lot of the characters they've mentioned. In other ones. It was an absolutely incredible episode. There was a ton um, of stuff in oh, there. God. Like yeah. I usually watch the boys' episodes like two or three times. Well, I usually watch it with Ben, but he has a habit of talking during the episodes, and it drives me up a wall. Um, as so quiet as Ben is, he was talkative. Oh my God! You put that man in front of the television, and his mouth doesn't stop moving, and it's <laughs> annoying, especially when you haven't seen it before. Anyway, I'm sure you all have those significant others. Uh, that's Ben. Um, so right. I usually watch it twice, and I pick up multiple different things because they like to. Kripke likes to hide stuff yep. in there that alludes to other things. So. Um, at the end of season episode five, you saw Starlight um, look at the the emails. Right. Uh, sorry, my phone is talking to me now. Um, so you see Starlight looking at those emails, and she calls the dude on the phone, and he's playing with the lighter. That's lamp lighter. Yep. And mm. you discover. I'm not going to explain it, but you dis you actually come to kind of uh com feel for him, feel bad for him because you find out what really happened um 
with Frenchie and Lamplighter torching uh, what's her name's grandkids. Right. So you find out what happens. And the whole episode, minus Stormfront stuff, the whole episode is sort of also. So third of the episode is uh, Stormfront and Homelander. And then a third of the episode is currently what's happening um, at the asylum, you know, Butcher's Boys, Starlight, all that stuff. And then the other third is flashbacks of Frenchie about him mm. and what happened eight years ago, 10 years ago, to bring him up to where he is now, how he joined with the CIA, what happened that night with um, Lamplighter. And it's really cool and it's really interesting. And I love that they're really bringing like they're bringing answers to things. We had questions about last season, but then they're leaving other things open for us to go. Now, wait a minute. They they so, drop nuggets everywhere in this episode. It's a really that leads. awesome episode. And it's hilarious. And they're giving um, um, uh, Kimiko has like the most personality out of. Any episode she's been in, she has the most personality in this episode. So she's really starting to become like a full person again. And um, it's quite funny, uh, the dynamic with her and the rest of the group. It's moving more toward what you'd see in the comic books, where she's just mute, but she still has her own personality. So it's a great episode. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm on it. I, I, I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to see when they introduce the anti-hero, like the person that doesn't conform to Vought or or to to the to the church or anything like that. It's just somebody that's rogue at random, just out there doing yeah. their thing. I can't wait to see, see that. And that's what I thought. I thought Homefront was gonna be that character. It wasn't gonna be like anti-Vought and stuff like that because the way she was like down with the soups and all mm -hmm. stuff like that. And she's on the, the social media and she's bashing them and stuff. And then we find out you're basically the mother of Vought. Like you're the creator yeah. of all of this. Yeah. Like, the way that they're writing mind boggling it. The way that they're steering it right now with this pat this current episode, Starlight is becoming that anti-hero. Um, she is stepping into that in like she's stepping out of that insider role into a into pretty much starting to go completely against Vought. Um, and the whole idea of what a superhero is. And there's a situation um, in uh, in the episode. I'm not going to tell you because it'll kind of ruin things. But uh, do you remember the episode where they find out that Stormfront is Liberty and the yes. car accident happens? Yeah, episode four. Out, episode, you know, four. episode four. And she runs out to try and save them and um mother's milk uh and um uh huey are like no 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 we gotta go we gotta go and she feels really bad mm -hmm. so there's a situation um that is the polar opposite of that um in in the episode character wise for her and you really start to see how she's going against this brainwashing that her mother and vaught basically put her through her entire life um, and it's a really pivotal, I'm not explaining it because it's a really pivotal thing for her character. Um, and it loses its rawness if you know what's going to happen. Um, but you start to see her character changing in that episode and just how much her character has changed from the pretty, you know, the pretty girl that got taken advantage of in episode one to where we are now. Yeah, but uh, she's not, she's not enough. She's not enough to come against Stormfront and, and um, Homeland. No. 
But she's you, not. No, she's not. no, not at all. So, it, so but, we got to. We've got to. I'm waiting for the introduction of that one character who doesn't conform to any of the the yeah. norms. Yeah. Who is comparable and just as badass as they well, are? You introduce right. a character that has the potential of being that, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Right, let's have Bergie finish us off. Uh, I was going to say, with this, there's a couple of characters like where she was saying how we're going to see fractions. I think we are going to see that because of the church. They look like they're going after another character to join their ranks. Yeah. And Lamplighter, I think, is going to be with Star Starlight to join with Butcher and the boys and stuff like that to be like to go against them. Like, I think you're starting to see the fractures in the seven. And I think we also could see that maybe with uh, Black Noir. I think with his character, I think he might be on that fence. Like he doesn't know what he's doing yet either. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of factions in this. that's going to be breaking up. You're going to see like the good heroes, the bad heroes, and the guys that are like, I don't know where the hell I fit in in this. Uh, but they did a fantastic job with this episode. It it boggled my mind with all the characters, the weapons, the powers that they did. It, it was definitely fantastic. Yeah, Mayhem, you're missing but anyway, the one time, the one, the time. one time, the one time you you're don't lucky, do it and everything. You're lucky I'm auditioning for the Sprite commercial. Otherwise, <laughs> I watched it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're at that time where you know what? Where can we find you all? Where are you going to be next, Sammy? Let's start with you. Um, I am here every Sunday, um, 8 p.m. Eastern, chatting pop culture with these fine folks. Um, I am also. Live streaming every Wednesday, 7 p.m. I know I want to hush up. 7 p.m. Um, pardon for the howling dog. Uh, on my channel, um, I live stream here and on Twitch, uh, doing art and all that fun stuff. Um, otherwise, you can find me um, Instagram and Facebook, TS Castillo Studios. Uh, my new blog releases again um, Monday at CastilloStudios.ninja. All right. Mayhem, where can we find you? Join me. Meditate, if you will. You can definitely find me here every Sunday at 8 p.m. with the crew going after Bergie for wearing this horrendous shirt with Blockbuster. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, Ever hate him, on, on Instagram. You can find me at Geeks Unlimited on Instagram as well. I also have a Twitch channel for gaming at Q Mayhem Gaming. We just beat The Last of Us Part 2. So many feels. So many feels. Uh, and then, of course, just around. You know, just hanging. Just chilling. You know? Trying to get my Oscar Emmy. <clears throat> Leslie, uh, Les Leslie, where can we find you? It'll be an Emmy anyway, but Leslie, where can yeah, we find really. you? You can also <laughs> see me here on Sunday evenings. And starting this Friday, we're going to be introducing our Freaky Friday show. And Saturday, the Bitnapple is going to be having live streaming interviews and content for you that the Bitnapple always can bring out to you guys. So I'm excited about that. Uh, you can watch me. You can see me on. Um, I'm actually having a, a body shop reveal party this week. Uh, I will be introducing all of you all to that. You know, come and buy some Body Shop products. You can find me as Body Shop by Les on Facebook and on Instagram. If you want to buy something, it is the holidays, you know, you know, so, you know, they got some nice vanillas and mm. citruses and stuff like that. And some also, shea butter. Yeah, some pumpkin, shea butter. Get that shea butter. You don't want to be ashy. And so then you can also get, um, you can also catch me on uh, Xbox and on PlayStation. My game of choice right now is um, Dead by Daylight on PlayStation and uh, Destiny. You guys are obsessed with Day, Day by Daylight, but anyway. Play it. Yo, don't play it. Anyway, Bergie, where can we find you? 
every Sunday night with these uh, fine folks here talking uh, pop culture and having an absolute blast and just introducing mayhem to a blockbuster night. I'm just saying, buddy, it's a blockbuster <laughs> night. Um, and then on Tuesday nights, you catch me and Hash talking toys, uh, where to find them, where to get them, how to get them, get excited. This Tuesday is going to be insane. Oh, gonna tune God. In, man. There's it so won't much end. stuff we're going to talk about. Um, and then you catch me on Instagram, mjbergie23. Also catch me on uh, BYOG, uh, Be Your Own Geek on uh, Facebook. All right. My name is Arsandia. I was your host. Don't forget to like, love, and share everything you just saw today. Thank you all for watching, and we'll see you all on uh, Tuesday and next Sunday.